Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of a party. This week, Drew Martin is on the show. Drew and I played a show together about a month ago, and the moment after he started playing, I knew I wanted to have a conversation with him. Luckily, Bad at Parties could facilitate. The idea of who this guy is was something I didn't know if I could convey, but luckily after the podcast and a few delicious beers, Drew played a song and we recorded it. We're going to start this episode off with that song recorded live at Bad at Parties. Uh, This opening piece is called Valley and will be referenced throughout the podcast. Here it is, Drew Martin. for you tonight. Thank you. 
gave me everything I knew. Help me grow when you watch me fly. Pull me back down from that old sky. Cut the lines I'm caught between. All that you are, you took from me. Let me go, release me free. Leave me alone. That was Drew Martin playing Valley. You can find that on SoundCloud. We'll have a link to that on our podcast episode. Now, the conversation between myself and Drew Martin. Somebody's probably going to call me soon. Hey, when's this thing coming on? Right. Trying to tune in. (laughs) It's always right when you're trying to record something. I I was recording a, I like wrote a brand new song, I think two nights ago, and I was just working on it. And one of my uh, best friends, like, immediately as soon as the song like reached the there's one second left like they called me and it stopped the recording because I was just doing it on my phone (laughs) and it was like oh I've got these parts I can't forget them and so like I immediately answer it because I'm like oh I haven't talked to him in so long and then as soon as I was done I was like shit did I lose it and like it's got every note except for the last note of the song (laughs) I'm like great I know that last note I got that one that's all I need to remember it's weird how things like that happen yeah it was very it was destiny yeah it was definitely like a, a meant to be type thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he knew it's like a good give him his space and mm-hmm. call right at the end. <laughs> yep, <laughs> it was good. So thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh yeah, are we on? We're on. We're, we're doing it. We're live. Okay. We're live. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Hey, Rainiers. <laughs> yep, we're doing it. So when we met um, at the show, because mm-hmm. I don't think we'd met at like. Um, the Connor Byrne or anything like that. Although you'd been playing that for a bit. I'd definitely seen you play at the Connor Byrne, I think, yeah. before we played together. Okay. Like, I just remember your stuff. Yeah. But I feel like we, I think what would happen was um, my band was about to, like, go grab dinner and you were just like, sure, I'll come along. And I, I felt like that was, like, where I was like, ooh, this guy's cool. Like, you just were <laughs> like, yeah, sure, I'm into it. Yeah, let me jump in. It was <laughs> easy. Um, I think that, like, what really stood out was, like, getting you getting on stage after that and being like, okay, this guy's like really engaging, really kind, really easy to talk to. And then you got on stage and you just were like joyful. It was like the biggest thing. <laughs> and I think that that is such an interesting, uh, an interesting piece. And I hear that in your music. And I think when I think about like musicians or any artists that, that are doing pieces where they're, they're fo- totally focused on an emotion like that, right? Cause I feel like joy is throughout your music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a huge... They, that's what I'm trying to reach every yeah. night I play. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you see it in the venue. Like, everyone's grabbing onto that. It's not just like, I'm having joy. It's like, we're all doing this. Yeah. We're all part of this together. Mm-hmm. How do you... How do you do that? How do you... Um, I think the funny thing is, like, I don't... You know, obviously, you're not going to feel joyful every moment. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. feel joyful at Thursday at 6 o'clock. Okay, great. Get on stage and do that. But you, you can't plan that. What do you... How are you, like, pulling yourself into that moment? For me, it's like this improv thing that always happens, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where I find that joy is when I hit some kind of note that throws me off. It's like, yeah. oh, I've never done that in a song. It kind of, cool. it gets me going. Really? And then I start laughing and people, <laughs> people pick up on that and it's like a little two-way thing going on. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't, I physically can't play the same song the same way. Twice. No, I mean, what I you're can't. doing is, is wildly complicated and it's, it's, you're doing it improvisationally. Yeah. A lot of the time? Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> I just have like a general idea for a song and then it's mm. just like wide open for sure. the Sure. Are your yeah. lyrics staying the same? Lyrics are the same. Okay. There, there are times where I'll improvise some lyrics too in there, mm. like just throw it in and that's where the joy I feel comes from. It's mm. just like that spontaneous, just, I don't know what's going to happen each night, yeah. Yeah. So. Do you feel like you can consistently hit like, all right, I'm going to, like... I think it's so easy to hit fear, like something happens that you weren't expecting to, and like, oh, I didn't want that to happen. Do you feel like you resist that ever, or is it like, is that just something that comes naturally to you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I do have those moments where I kind of got to like plunk through it, like, sure. oh shit, I hit that wrong, so you just I'll start stomping, or you get the crowd going somehow, yeah. you keep it, keep it fresh. Yeah. yeah, 
That's, that's I think that's beautiful. <laughs> I, I think got, that, I got some little tricks up the sleeve. Sure, <laughs> yeah. of course. Do you feel like you do you see that in your life, like that? something funny happens and then you're just redirecting towards joy? Or is that more like, this is for music? No, I feel like that's in the life too. Yeah. For sure. I'm mm-hmm. pretty good at laughing at things. <laughs> <laughs> that's if good. it starts to get a little too heavy, it's like, hey, this isn't that heavy. That's great. It's not, yeah. Do you feel like that comes from like living out on the islands or do you think that that's just, that's just you? I think it's just me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's tight. So. Because yeah. I don't know, I feel like what you do, like the music you're playing doesn't, and we talked about this before, we don't, I don't feel like it sounds like Hawaiian music, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like you told me, I feel like you told me like how you got to playing music that isn't Hawaii, like quote unquote Hawaiian music. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what it was. I've just always listened to old blues. That's just always been my favorite yeah. stuff. and. I always have the slack key Hawaiian stuff in there too. Sure. I always love those guys. So I try to put both of them together. Mm-hmm. I, I can't help not doing some of those Hawaiian riffs. Sure. But it's got this kind yeah. of bluesy folk feeling mm. with that. So. Yeah. I think like the, 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 like the performance element though, like definitely like having those tricks up your sleeve, being confident to like go to that quick. How do you like being on the islands? I wasn't. I feel like there was something you were telling me before. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm totally forgetting this. I'm like remembering a memory from like over a month ago, but like just a brief conversation. But I feel like you told me about some venue that you were able to like oh, yeah. play at or something like that. Was that this, was that real? Am I making this no, up? No, no, no. Okay, that was my one spot. It's like it was hard to find a place where I could just be free there, because I mm. feel like in general, if you're not doing covers or some in some reggae band, somewhere, yeah. It's hard to find your niche. Totally. So, and I found this one spot. It was the uh, Wailuku Coffee Company in mm-hmm. my home, my little hometown. And they just let us loose. Mm. Just let me do whatever. I'd have different guests. I'd have my drummer jump on some sets. I'd meet people on the street and have mm-hmm. them show up. There's this guy, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Wolfman. I was, Wolfman. I was playing. <laughs> he's just some random guy who was hanging out in that town. It's mm-hmm. like... Who are you? And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I got a djembe. Let me go grab my djembe. I want to play with you. And he jumped on. So it was just like this super loose thing that would happen. And it was always improv. It was mm. just, I didn't know what was going to happen with each set. So Damn. I feel like that's kind of where it came from, just experimenting. I would go riding up in these hills and test out those songs at that place. Mm. I had like a three-hour set or <laughs> something crazy Jeez. like that. Yeah. So. Would you fill that three hours? I would do, uh, it was like an hour, then I'd take a little half hour break. Yeah. Do another like hour Let your hands stop bleeding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely shredding on it. I feel like there's there's an aerobic element to what you're doing. Like, it's a super physically demanding music oh, that you're playing. I've been feeling it. I've been getting old. I feel it in my right shoulder. Yeah? Right, right up here from strumming so much. It's like, yeah? That's How old are you right now? <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the podcast, right? I'm an old man. I'm 27 years old. <laughs> are you really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. We're like the same age. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So I feel it there. And then I got this other thing now on my left hand where it like, it'll lock up on me sometimes. I'll mm. be playing. It's like right in the middle of a song. Like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when I started doing like office work while I was playing like pretty consistently, I totally noticed like, I was like, ah, I'm using like, I'm using my, like, I'm typing on keyboards. I'm using my mouse all the time. And then like I go to play and I'm like getting like crampy things and I had to like use Ugh, I had to use, like, an adaptive mouse and, like, do some, like, carpal tunnel exercises. And I was like, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> fuck, I'm, I'm lame. Yeah. Yeah. Just different practices. Maturing. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Don't play video games all night after you've been working all day and then think that you can still play guitar. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. <laughs> or don't be out drinking until 3 a.m. Right. and then waking up at 5. For the show, yeah. I feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, we're growing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're you're booking pretty regular right now, then, right? Um, I have been this month. Um, I'm taking off like October mm. and some of November. I've kind of just took this time to step back. Yeah, because I've been playing nonstop. Like it's been like twenty something shows since Jeez. since March or something. Yeah, like I that. feel like when we talked, you were like, "Yeah, I'm just playing all the time." Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's good. Like now's the time to step back and kind of reflect on all the gigs, and mm. it's been good. I've just been listening to a lot of music lately, and yeah, yeah, going back into that. That's good. I hope I'm thinking November, December, start booking again and mm. get that train rolling again. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Do you tour at all? 
Uh, no, I don't. I just went down to Portland for a random show. Oh, cool. I feel like that's that's coming up next. Nice. I want to do a little trek. A little bit of the West Coast or something? Yeah, go down to San Francisco and back or something, yeah. Mm, that's good. I, I was talking with a friend recently about that, like, do you tour, do you not tour? And especially if it's like... The, am I am I trying to do this as a full time thing, or am I trying to do this because it brings me joy? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, starting to weigh those things because that's when you start investing more time, investing more money into stuff like that. Yeah. Are you trying to do this? Like, is the goal like I want to do this with my life, or is it like <laughs> my the- thing was I came up here, I never had that idea of wanting to make it. You know, sure. It's like, I feel like that's, that where, term. <laughs> yeah, that's where you start falling, I feel, when you start going out there trying to make it, trying to be someone. Totally agree. I just came out here and I just wanted to play my music as honestly and joyfully yeah. <laughs> as I possibly could. And I feel like it's really been happening in this last year. Yeah. Well, and I see you... And anything that happens is kind of an accident. You know, right? Anything good that happens. Well, and if, if something goes poorly or something doesn't go like the way it's supposed to, it's not going to it's not gonna hurt. Well... And also in that, like, there's not a way it's supposed to. It's it's being improvisational in your life with your music by saying, like, great, I'm just going to book these shows. It's not about how much I get paid at the end of the night or how many people start following me or anything like that. It's the process. It's was I there? Did yep. I play? Yep. Did I let it happen? Did I let the music come through me? And mm-hmm. I definitely see you doing that and people really having a, mm-hmm. a beautiful time. Like, people, everybody who came out to see us, and they were, like, I mean, we're a completely different sound than what you're putting out there, but they were like, yes, dude, this guy is killing it. He is just a powerhouse. He is very, very talented at <laughs> what he's doing, and it just makes you feel good. It just yeah. makes you feel so good listening mm-hmm. to that. And that's part of it is like if, if what I'm doing rubs off on someone else and makes them yeah. feel good, it's like mission accomplished for the night. Yeah. Know? So yeah. Does that feel like um, does that feel like the, the – I've been talking about this all on the podcast, but like the point – of the music, you know? Like, I haven't talked about that a bunch, but what is the, the the point of it? What is the, why do you do it? Is it, do you feel like it's more for others, more for you? Where does it kind of feel? I that? feel like it, for me, it's, um, it's a more personal thing. Like, I'm usually more playing for me. Yeah. Or like, my own therapy release. But mm. that's kind of where that magic is, is if, like, what I'm feeling, what makes me feel good rubs off on someone else mm. and makes them feel it, too. So. Now, now that's the interesting thing, the like, the therapeutic release, because I feel like I can totally relate to that. When mm-hmm. I do stuff, it's a definite therapeutic release, but it's like, um, it's darker. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, allowing myself to experience something that I'm not allowing myself to experience in day to day life, um, and so the the joyfulness and still calling that a therapeutic experience mm-hmm. is. I think that that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you think is the like? the mindset of that therapy? Like, what is the, the message you're telling yourself or that you're putting out there? Oh, man. <laughs> That's going deep right now. Let me, oh, let me, sorry. Think, let me think about this. That's kind of what this podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm having fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was saying with the whole improv thing, that's kind of, that's, that's where I get most of that juice from. Mm-hmm. It's just in the moment, feeling it. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen with each song. There have been nights where I feel like I'm not even playing and hmm. yeah, just finding joy in, in that improv moment. Like, yeah, that's where I'm feeling it. Totally. I get that. I think that um, what that says to me is it's kind of like, a, I don't know, like maybe a mindfulness type of thing mm-hmm. that, where it's just a, a presence of mind just saying like day to day life can feel so like I'm trying to do this or I'm trying to do that or trying to reach these goals. And a music like that as a personal therapy, does it feel like it's... Um, Maybe I'm, I'm speaking into your life and telling you what your music is, but do you feel like it's uh, <laughs> do you feel like it's it's letting yourself just say like rather than think about what's going to happen next, I'm just going to think about what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Hmm. I feel like it's I'm not thinking up there. You know, mm. my mind is kind of off some nights. Mm-hmm. It's just flowing. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I love that. I, I feel like that's. That's a big part of improvising, too, is that you need to kind of turn off that, that thought. Mm-hmm. It's all about just in the moment, feeling out the room. Yeah. 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 I've definitely, I've done some improv in the past with like, but it's mostly at the piano and it's mostly like been, I used to do music therapy. I think we talked about that a little bit, but that was like what I did for a job a bit back when, and um, 
it's it's so interesting to try to like it's terrifying to me the idea of doing it as a performance like to do it as a like I'm trying to accomplish a non-musical goal feels like super easy feels like that's okay if the music doesn't sound perfect that's fine it's not about the music sounding perfect it's about being here it's about accomplishing something else Mm -hmm. but when it's performance I feel like no I can't do that I can't (laughs) and I want to I think that that's that's a beautiful thing that like uh the musicians are able to do. That's a great thing. That's part of it for me is just not having any sort of fear. You know, it's like, uh, if anything, I get giddy before shows. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. Just like, I'm, just I'm like, looking at it and I'm feeling super jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm ready. This, that's my spot. Like, that's where it's going to happen tonight. You know, mm-hmm. I, I look at it. It's like, that's where it's going to go down and people are going to rub, feel it. You know? Yeah. It's going to rub off on them. Dude, that's cool. That's I'm, my platform. Nice. Yeah. I love that. So when you were talking about writing, you were like, you write up on the, you were talking about writing up on like a mountainside, like up in Hawaii. Yeah. Which island was it on? Maui. Yeah. Maui. Tight. West Maui mountains. Yeah. Do you, f- are you like, I mean, obviously we're in the Northwest. Mm-hmm. It's a huge storm tonight. Are you finding places to like write that are like that? How do you? It's, that's been my struggle is to yeah. find like, a, cause it, I don't think, shit, I can't write like in a room. Right. You know, where you just lock yourself in. Totally. I feel like most, most, all of my songs have come from being out mm. on journeys. And yeah, there have only been a few songs that. There's a spot, uh, the Commodore Park, mm. out in uh, Magnolia. Oh, really? I don't think I've it's, ever been it's there. It's like on the other side of the locks. Like if you're on the Ballard side looking across. Oh, yes, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I sit under that little train track right there. Mm. And it's, that's kind of been my little nook in Seattle. That's where I've come up with riffs and. Yeah. I love but that. I, I feel like nature is huge for me. That's where I've come up with almost everything. Yeah. So. Well, I was, I think I talked about this on a recent podcast with someone, but like, I think that there's a, a piece where Dave Grohl, um, who's the drummer from uh, the Foo Fighters and from Nirvana, or he's not the drummer from the Foo Fighters, he's the singer from the Foo Fighters, but he's the drummer from Nirvana. And he had like a documentary where he was talking about like the music that he and the and the band were were making uh, the reason it sounds the way it was because they were writing in like Seattle basement apartments or things like that or like the basement of their friends' houses like that's where they could practice and so the music sounds like the basement yeah. of, a, of a like 1920s house that's kind of fallen into disrepair <laughs> um, and your music if you tr- I feel like if you tried to write it in the basement it would stop sounding like what it sounds like it would <laughs> it would completely change you would get that mustiness into the song you would get the dank walls in the song yep and you would lose that nature you'd lose that brightness so mm-hmm. yeah that totally yeah. makes sense for sure like i feel there's only been maybe three songs of all the songs i've written mm-hmm. over the years that have come from just like being in a room mm-hmm. and they do have that feel and i never play them <laughs> i never play them for people right well and i think that that's okay it's mm-hmm. also like you you experience your life in those moments and yeah and you are writing those songs in there and i think that that can also be that like writing not for performance but writing for self Mm -hmm. which i love that yeah yeah i feel like um what was i gonna say (laughs) i don't know i had a thought and it's gonna come back (laughs) but yeah i would just sit up in this valley that was my spot sat up there and like these little winds would come through and Hmm. little lines would come with them yeah like ooh, that that felt good it's just more of a natural thing i feel like being in nature or writing about nature and being in it where I can be the most honest, I mm. feel. So. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in Seattle, even too, the place that you were talking about, like being right across from the Valley Blocks, like I'm sure that there's people walking by you, mm-hmm. stopping even to listen to what you're writing. Do you feel like that you can still write in that setting? Or is it... That's kind of how the spot I had back home. It was the same way. There were there was a little traffic. Sure. There were people coming by. So it feels the same. It's not too busy. You get a few people coming by every once in a while. Are you more comfortable in an environment where there's maybe a little bit of an audience even when you're writing? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be like, you know... Throwing them off a little bit. They sure. don't expect to see some critter in the park writing. <laughs> critter. <laughs> so nice. I used to, uh, there's this one song of mine, uh, Slip. I wrote it out in the lava fields. Mm. I just, I took my guitar and some beers with me and I just went out, like out into the middle of these lava fields on Maui. Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs> and I found a spot and I just sat there on the coast and was just playing. And there was nobody around, like zero people out there. And this whole song just came flowing out. Mm. 
it was one of those where it was like kind of effortless mm. just writing and boom there's a song there's a riff everything was right there and uh, just out of nowhere this Canadian couple <laughs> shows, sure. up, shows up I'm hanging out and they're like what the hell are you doing here playing your guitar and it's like he's got beers with him <laughs> like yeah I don't know this is kind of yeah. just this is my idea for the day to come out here and see what would happen if I tried to write a song in this spot and they took a picture of me. So somewhere in some Canadian, so photo, great. <laughs> in some Canadian photo album, oh, there's man. a document of me writing that song. <laughs> if they listen to this, they can send it to bad at parties podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll see that photo. Yeah. We'll find that. Yeah, they're pretty close. C- Canada's right there. It's yeah. just right up the coast. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. So Yeah. That was one that just flowed out. That's on that SoundCloud page. Mm-hmm. I actually know what song you're talking about, and I, and like thinking about that in reference to that is is really cool. It that's one of those songs that at the end of it, it picks up the pace like mm-hmm. pretty drastically, which is like I see. I've heard you do that on a couple of your songs. Like that's <laughs> that's like a, a. I feel like it's a cool little um, piece that I know a couple other few folk musicians do, especially that's like a blues um, kind of. Uh, I won't say. I feel like the word I want to use is gimmick, but it's not a gimmick because it's not a bad thing, but it's like a, uh, it's, um, shit, I don't know. For, for me, it's like a, it's like a hook to reel them in. Yeah. If there's a, if there's a line that I really want people to hear, I'll do something crazy mm-hmm. right before that line. Yeah. So you just tear. Totally. Cause you'll put, you'll build it up like that. You'll double time it. You'll change the tempo and you'll just go wild and then you'll drop it mm-hmm. and then you'll just sing with like little strums in between, little you, plinks. You drop it to a whisper and then it makes them like open up that yeah. left ear and be like, oh, what's he saying? Yeah. And it's really effective. I mean, especially in like the bars where that gives everybody the opportunity where they start talking a little bit louder and then you drop it down mm-hmm. and everyone stops talking and mm-hmm. now they're listening to you. So it's like, if you didn't hear the rest of the song, pay attention to get this. The, part. Get this one. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop fucking talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I'll definitely do that if I'm, like, playing by myself. I think that's one of those things that's... Uh, it's been funny, because I've done a lot of, like, solo folk music in the past, is what I had done uh, more, and then I played with some bands as well. Um, but, like, going into a little bit more, like, rock stuff that I've been doing, or um, I wouldn't really know what to categorize it as. But, um, yeah, just to not be able to to do those little, like, audience control moments that you improvise on to have to say great i'm going to improvise a little bit less because we're sticking together as a band yeah um yeah it's it's one of those frustrating things where i'm like man i wish i could just drop it down where i normally don't drop it down but i'm going to get the audience i'm going to like snag them right now yeah yeah that those quiet moments for mm -hmm. sure that's that's where i get it we call it chicken skin Mm. In Hawaii, mm-hmm. it's that goosebump feeling yeah. when, when you got the place in like a pin drop and everybody's listening and you're feeling it. It's this, whoo. Yeah. Which you got to make them feel a little bit like an asshole. You got to you gotta push them to that point where they, they are overconfident. They start talking <laughs> and then you pull the rug out from under them. Yeah. Yeah. That's real good. And I, I feel like Seattle, um, I, I really got to read out each venue. Oh, totally. Because there are some nights where you can have that all night, like that pin drop feeling where the place is just dead silent and there are other nights where you kind of got to work for it and you got to be a little rowdier and totally well yeah. we talked about like uh like the round i think you've done the round before haven't you yeah, yeah. like that's one of those they know they're mm-hmm. not supposed to talk i mean seattle is like the birthplace of the open mic <laughs> like people know how to behave in a really quiet venue yeah. which is great but sometimes you know a bunch of white awkward kids don't know how to behave in like a <laughs> like a in like a more upbeat venue they don't know how to listen to jazz they don't know how to listen to the blues they don't know how to like move to the music and so it's like it's okay i'm going to come on i'm going to teach you yeah come along with me <laughs> that's what your knees and your hips and yeah. that's, that's they got what, a purpose yeah <laughs> we didn't put seats in this venue yeah move them around a little yeah. bit <laughs> it's funny like that i've had a i had a show at the sunset hmm. I feel like that place in general can be a little more rowdy. Like, oh, I love that scene. The yeah. shows that I've done there in the past, it's like you kind of got to, you get the place moving. Mm. But there was this one night I played with uh, two other uh, folk groups, March to May. Yeah, I'm playing with them in uh, Portland. Okay. Yeah, Beth is a friend of mine. She plays the harp in that crew. Really She's good. good. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I played with them and the uh, Ten String Symphony. These, uh, mm. It's like a fiddle duo from Nashville. Cool. They were headlining, and there was something about that room that night where everybody was just silent. Yeah. So I took advantage of it. I was just, like, going into these whispers. Yeah. <laughs> 
felt good. Like ending songs, it just like fading out, like strumming out and just slowly picking. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that there, there was one moment that night where I could even hear the street noise outside the venue, outside the bar. You couldn't even hear anybody in the mm-hmm. bar. It's just like you could hear cars going by at the end of this song. Which is crazy because it's a it's multiple doors between there. I mean, yeah. that's what I love about that venue so much is that like they've separated the bar mm-hmm. from the like music space and like they they probably lose customers because of it because they could they've now said great the venue is separate from the bar well i don't know maybe they gain more because now you don't have to go to the show you can just come get a drink yeah yeah but it's a man i i think that's one of my favorite like medium small-sized venues in seattle yeah i've had some really some of the better shows here have been in that spot i feel like the sound's always good the people are always kind yeah yeah I love how it's separate too. Where like mm-hmm. you know you go, you get rowdy at the bar, and then you come in, come into the stage yeah. area. And it's a, it's like church. You yeah. know, you got the foyer, mm-hmm. and then you you grab your little you grab your little treats. <laughs> I would love to go to the church the the church where they've got the beer as an option. <laughs> Give me that church. I'll yeah. go there any day. <laughs> but yeah, I think that 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 totally makes sense. There's like a, there's like a ceremony to it. And because mm-hmm. they've separated them, there is that like, okay, we're now going to be quieter in this space. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, uh, I feel like, I don't know, just because of that, did you ever, um, like <laughs> have any like religious background or stuff like that? I feel like a lot of the music that I'm, I'm here in Seattle, like so much, every time I'm asking people, um, oh, where's your musical background? So often it's, oh, I was playing in a church. I was playing something. No? Never. Nah. No. There you go. I've been in a church, maybe Fremont Abbey might have been one of the first <laughs> churches I've ever been in. My That's life. great. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was just always just playing in my room, just blasting old blues music. Mm. That's kind of where it all came from for me. That's great. Just making noise and shaking the neighborhood. And <laughs> I had this sound system. I would just lay down and just blast it. The whole house was like pulsing. Some That's days. good. Yeah. Did your did your parents like were they musicians as well? Did they, or were they just like our kid likes music? We want to get him stuff or what? Or was it just you? It was me. Oh, just, it was you? Just one day, I'm like, hey, I don't know. I'm thinking about getting a guitar. Mm-hmm. Went to my dad and found a little Epiphone at the music shop. Hey. Eighty bucks. And Dude. I had that guitar for like the first two years, and then slowly worked up to electric, and then got into blues and. Mm. Then 12 string. Yeah. Yeah. Were they pretty supportive or were they like, sure, whatever? Yeah. Yeah. They've always been, yeah. Nice. Me and my brother are always, we've always been into art and music, mm. so they nice. always supported that. Does yeah. he play art or is he an artist as well? He does. He does uh, painting, drawing and painting. He mm. shapes surfboards back oh, home. Oh, cool. That's his thing. Yeah. Dude. So. That's so great. I, was, I was the music guy. I was the one making noise, mm-hmm. pissing him all off. <laughs> 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 he won't shut up in there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever do any like visual art as well, or is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. do some painting. Yeah. Do you still do that? Yep. Oh, like a lot of the flyers for my gigs. I don't know if I've. Oh, you got also your guitar. Like you yep. painted your guitar, didn't you? That's or my that... my brother did that. Oh, okay. Right cool. before I left home, he he did that on the guitar. But mm. yeah, a lot of my flyers, I'll do the art myself. That's kind of what's been keeping me going on the art, mm. or all the flyers for these shows. That's really interesting. Yeah. So if you pull it up, you can. Uh, you can like pull up old shows and you'll find all the artwork on there for, for all the old. That's geeks. really cool. I mean, I looked through some of your stuff before we talked today, and like that's really interesting. Like to just think that that was just stuff you did. I was like, oh, I always think wonder that like who's providing the art, and I usually assume it's a friend of someone's. But that's mm-hmm. great that you've just been doing that. I I feel like the not the rec- most recent release that's got the that's on the SoundCloud that's got the painting from the guitar, mm-hmm. but the other one that's kind of some more spots of color. That's all me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just random little abstract art. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I was a, uh, I was really into like visual art when I was a kid. I would do like comic book strips and like panels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was in like fourth grade, and my. Um, there was some, like, some kid helping out in the class, and I started coloring it, and she's like, oh, your colors are all weird. And I was like, yeah, I'm colorblind, but I like doing this. And she's like, oh, that's a bummer. You can't be an artist if you're colorblind. And I believed her, and I stopped doing... <laughs> I, st- I, like, literally dead cold that day stopped drawing stuff, stopped, like, doing any form of visual art. So are you colorblind? Yeah, I'm totally colorblind. Me too. Oh, really? What? What's what? the... Uh, Red, green. Me too. Red and green and uh, blue and purple. Don't ask me. I'm... Well, the blue and purple is because there's the only difference between them is red. Like mm-hmm. red is in blue, and so not being able to see that red that's in purple makes them look 
similar. Yeah, yeah. but red green is an actual like diagnosis. Yeah, it's right? a diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, it's got. I don't remember. Oh, I used to know the word for it, but I don't remember. Like it. Christmas is a fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just. Or like getting dressed. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Um, there's a song that... Like your shirt is kind of throwing me off. Yeah. Is it green? Is it brown? What's it going? Or that, is that, the red on it? The red on it is like kind of similar to... So, that's green, right? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. No one, no one listening can see this. I mean, they're all in the future, so whatever. Yeah. But I, I'll totally get that. I'll get like colors that really throw me off as well. Like if I'm at a, like a football field or something like that, if they... Like, most of the time, it's fine, but every now and then, there'll be some, like, AstroTurf, like, fake green, and then the colors on it will just, like, just destroy... Like, it hurts. It hurts. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you experienced this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've never... I've I've talked with other colorblind people, and they're like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. You get this. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad My oldest brother is the same way. He's he's really bad. Like... Really? (laughs) He'll be looking at something. My brother's that same way. He's colorblind, but, like, more colorblind than me. Oh, yeah? Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Never mind. Technically, I don't think he should be doing his job if he's so colorblind. So we'll just forget that oh, one. We'll just move past that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that out. Yeah, yeah. Edit that. I don't edit it. But don't listen to this, Josh. I don't think he's listening to it, so it's all good. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. but your brother's really, like, really, really, really colorblind? Yep, yeah. really bad. And then even the middle brother, too, who does all the art, he's colorblind. Mm. All of us. Dude, <laughs> that's crazy. You're the youngest of three? Yep. Do you feel like you got that youngest child, like, gotta prove everything syndrome? No, it was never that way with no, us. It no? was all pretty loose. Yeah. Dude, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty competitive. I'm definitely got that youngest <laughs> child of three syndrome where it's like... Oh, are I'm, you the same too? Yeah. I'm oh, shit. Same. Colorblind, youngest of three, same age? I think I just met somebody. Really? Uh, really I gotta go. Yeah, all right, peace out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or at least open another beer. <laughs> Something's gotta happen. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Um, how do you... I mean, how do you... Do you feel like, okay, well, I guess it kind of makes sense to me that, that I, I feel like that freedom to just engage with visual art, especially like the stuff that I've seen that you've done has been very color oriented. Mm-hmm. And just to be like, I can't see this the way other people can see this. <laughs> like that sounds so terrifying to me to put that out into the world. Yeah. I just hope they see it the same way I do. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Got real bad news for you, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I love just messing around with all kinds of colors and just mm. going ape shit with it. Yeah. I can't, I'm not really good at blending. I just like big, bold and mm-hmm. um, thick outlines, big black outlines. Yeah. So that's cool. That's how I've always done my art. I've never been good at like this finesse, like, you know, um, landscapes. I could never paint a landscape. No. No way. No, 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 like real life. It's more like uh, abstract or like, surrealistic type of things yeah. for you. Yeah, little cartoony feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. My dad always called my art um, that guy because I'd always, like, put this face in and it always had, like, a similar look. He's like, oh, it's that guy again. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love that. So whenever I do a painting, it's a that guy painting. So I, I guess I wonder about that. Do you... Because I get this as a, as a younger child, but, like, there's definitely, like... And especially coming from three brothers, um, there's that feeling of like, you know, you give it a little bit of pushback, you bully each other around, you kind of mess with each other. Yeah. Um, and just hearing you say that about your dad and the way he responds to it, you know, it's a little bit of pushback. It's a little oh, bit yeah. of a kind of keep you humble type thing. Yeah. There's a lot of shit giving in my family for I, sure. Yeah. I feel like there's two ways to react to that is to be a really self-conscious person or to become like a really like... It's all good kind of person. I feel like you've definitely gone to the other side of that pendulum. Yeah. Do you feel like that's because of like your upbringing and having those brothers and having those relationships? Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Huh. Yeah. I kind of let everybody else duke it out when I was growing up. Yeah. <laughs> let them get into their own drama. I'll be in the back making a puzzle or mm-hmm. playing guitar or something. Yeah, I was always like the person if, if like stuff was going down with my family or if like my brother was getting into it with my, with my mom, I was always... The observer, like the, I would sit in the background. I was the same. Yeah, you mm-hmm. kind of you learn to just kind of sit back, watch what happens, and think, okay, don't do that, <laughs> don't make that mistake. That was the same for me. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Puzzles definitely... were huge. Puzzles. That was my thing. Is just be in the back. Is like, boom, 
got my puzzles. 200 piece mm-hmm. landscape, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I had this one, it was all like, it was like a safari scene mm. with zebras and. Yeah. Or uh, what was the other one? Um, <laughs> the NBA All Stars of like 1995. They're mm. like Scottie Pippen and everybody's lined up. It's like a 400 piece puzzle. And that was one of my favorites. Dude, that's so good. <laughs> Is basketball big for you? That's probably my favorite. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You following anyone right now? I'm not that into it. Cool. If I was a, really worried basket- that you were going to like lead the conversation down oh. there and I would not be able to contribute. <laughs> this is specifically an arts podcast. We cannot go into sports. Yeah. I will fucking fail <laughs> so fast. Oh, yeah, man. Those those trailblazers in the third quarter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, in a, I'm in a final... Or not final. That, of course, I would say that. I'm in a fantasy league. Final Fantasy is a video game. Of course, I would say that. But I'm in a fantasy <laughs> league for uh, football this season and I'm just trying to get the other people I'm playing with to do stupid shit with me to kind of break it because I don't, I'm not, I don't know anything about football. So I'm just like, it's all numbers to me. And I'm just like, sure, I guess I'll go with this. But this week I got somebody to agree to remove everyone from our team except for our kickers. So it's just <laughs> like everyone's benched, two kickers, duking it out. I like is, that. It's really funny to me. Yeah. Me, I don't, I'm not into sports at all. Nope. But if a, if a game shows up, and it's, it's good. I'll I'll tune in. Right, or I'll, I'll get pe- sucked in. Or yeah. if people are are into it, I'll be into it because I like people, and I'm not one of those people who's gonna be like, oh, sports are dumb. Oh, like yeah, I yeah. like people, and I like what they like. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. There's no reason to harsh on up folks and for like enjoying football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that parade was a little overboard. The the <laughs> the Seahawks one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did I, you go down and view that? I did. You did? I was uh, I was living down in Gig Harbor oh, okay. at that time. And um, when I first moved up here, I was living on a funky farm in Gig Harbor. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like the only people I knew. My dad took this family out on a fishing trip. Hmm. They went to Maui and he showed them the best time ever. So. Cool. Were they like friends or was it, or is that what he does? That's what he does. Oh, charter cool. Fishing. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, but now he's a lifeguard. <laughs> so he's got he's got the best setup, dude. That's so great. But he took him out there, and uh, he was saying how I was gonna be coming up here, hmm. moving up. And they go, we'll have him. I didn't even know these people. Oh man! So I was with them for almost the first year, being up here. Yeah. Really? Yep. And uh, we. Man, I love that. <laughs> it was good. Just it was an easy, mellow transition. It wasn't like straight from Maui into a city. Sure. They told me take my time and. Go I mean, on you trails. Got, yeah, you got a community that you're coming into. You got like some form of a safety net. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's my that's my spot every Thanksgiving. I try to make it back. And oh yeah, mm. I got a good thing going. I love that. But you came up to Seattle for the the Seahawks thing oh, when yeah. that was going down. Yep. So yeah. we just we jumped on the train early from Tacoma. Every tr- we what we did was uh, we got the tickets the night before for the train. Mm-hmm. The transit, the right, because they were going to sell on yeah. train, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that next morning, the day of the parade, is just like fucking. It was like an apocalypse. The yeah. whole city shut down. Yeah, all the I, I was were... I was working at a school at the time, and like it was a school that was inclusive for like typically developing students and kids on the autism spectrum as well. And so uh, we had like a classroom that we tried to take down there, and like a bunch of other classrooms tried to take them down there, and like a little field trip, and. Like, we didn't buy plan, like, tickets. Like, nobody prepared for this. Yeah. People were, like, cramming to try to get on the bus. And, like, it's just, like, major sensory overload. Like... Oh, yeah. Terrible idea. Just an an awful (laughs) plan. I don't think we... We didn't even make it. We ended up, like, coming back and watching it and being like, we're buying you pizza. Just, like, chill. (laughs) We'll watch it on television. But, like, some of the other classrooms, like, got there and they were just like, this is the worst. We should not have come here. This is is a nightmare. And it was freezing, too. Right. It was, like, 20 degrees. Yeah. It was pretty bad. I just remember thinking that. It felt like some apocalypse scene from a, you know... Yeah, some movie. If there's ever another one of those that's happening, my recommendation to you is don't bring like a 50-50 split of like kindergartners who are typically developing and some who are on the autism spectrum. <laughs> like don't do that because neither of those populations is enjoying their time. Yeah. Neither of them are making memories either way. Like <laughs> you're five. Come on. Yeah, get over it. Come on. <laughs> You're not making memories. How many memories do I have from when I was five? Like two and they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're not good. These aren't happy moments. It's true. Capturing. Yep. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's... I got into a lot of trouble when I was at that age. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah. Do you feel like you're, is that, is that like... It's bad memories, yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's what you do. You store up the, like, I'm, okay, learn to not do this again. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're a kid who's an observer. Like, then the stuff where you get in trouble, oh, man, that sticks in, like, forever. It was my buddy, Zachy. He was was the bad influence. Uh Like, oh, my God. Writing on the walls with the crayons and trying to burn the fucking classroom down. It's like scrub that shit off. <laughs> Did you try to burn the classroom down? And he was out. There was like there was there was this one spot in the back of the class. Uh, it was like an old wooden structure, mm-hmm. and uh, in the back corner of the classroom, there <laughs> there was like this little crack in the floor, and uh, some like weeds would go th- grow through that. Sure. So he showed up one day with a lighter, and we're over there in the back trying to light this thing up. <laughs> and writing on the walls, like, get your asses out there and scrub the floor. <laughs> yeah, so we're out there with the scrub pads and scrubbing off this crayons, and I knew after that, okay, don't mess with this. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's Zachy. So yeah. I wonder I'm, where that guy is now. Right? <laughs> Listening to this podcast in the future, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I was definitely, like, not the kid to get in trouble. Like, getting in trouble was a huge deal. And I think that, like, I'm at the point in life now where I'm a little bit more rebellious, I'm a little bit more, as an adult, okay, like, not following the rules. But, like, you know, real life, adult, getting in trouble means you go to fucking jail or something (laughs) stupid like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, I, I think I was always, like, I was always a scared kid, like, to do something wrong. I was kind of the same, too. Like, you know, I had those little influences here and there. But for mm-hmm. the most part, if something ever were to go down and the spotlight was on me, I'd be... Yeah. I'd be fucked. <laughs> right. And I think that it's so... I think it's rare to be that personality type and to, like, know that, like, okay, don't get... Don't do something wrong. Don't get caught. To then also be brave enough to be improvisational, to try new things and to, like put um, artistic and vulnerable ideas out into the world mm-hmm. like where where do you do you where do you think like that like shift for you of like because uh, at the beginning when anybody first starts playing mu- music they have to suck yeah yeah you have to suck like it's an important <laughs> piece of it mm-hmm. um, does that do you like looking back at that does that feel like um, like it was ever a painful experience for you or is music or what's that? What was that like? Um, well, I was talking to a buddy a yeah. few nights ago about like bad gigs. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like bad shows. Right. Everybody plays those bad gigs. Yeah, and uh, I feel like that kind of puts some hair in your chest and makes you want to. It made me want to keep going. Yeah. Like there were, there was this one venue we got kicked out of. I was playing with my band back home, and like there's this one guy in the back. It's like you guys are too loud. Really? And we're like, oh, okay, here we go. It's like a funk rock trio. It's like rock dance music. That you were playing in. That I was playing. Oh, cool. And I'm like going to the band, like, okay, don't pay attention to that guy. He's just some some guy. Play a few more songs. Some other people are like, yeah, you guys are too loud. And then af- like, after a while, the whole uh, bar got together and was like, you're too loud. <laughs> and I go, hey. It's good that all you guys can agree on something tonight. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Threw it on the mic and we left. It's like, frick this place. Yeah. Oh, that's not getting thrown out. That's walking out. That's way more badass than getting thrown out. That's saying, nah, fuck this. We're too good. And the best thing about it is um, we got got paid for half the night. They they called me the next day and was like, hey, what happened last night? I heard something went down and um, we'll pay you for half the night. Oh, my God. I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like you need to have just those... Those kind of nights. Yeah, totally. Where it's gotta, not going to go your way. Yeah. Right. And and the response to it can either be like, that's going to destroy me, or I'm going to keep going. Yeah. This taught if me anything, something. If I'm anything, it was like fuel to the fire. Good. You know, I love those kind of like, yeah. give, give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me I'm not, tell me I'm too loud. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's really, really good. I, I got all kinds of stories like that. Oh, man. back It was hard playing back home, being in a sure. group like that. So. Yeah. Especially because, I mean... I mean, you talked about this before when, like, we first met, is, like, that there's an, that coffee shop was accessible in a place where you could play, um, like, acoustic or, like, more bluesy acoustic stuff like you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. But to do stuff like funk, to play in a full band that is, you know, loud, and it's not the typical, the stuff that the tourists are looking for. Like, Oh, yeah. It was, 
it was a constant fight with every gig. Something would happen. Yeah. It's like you have to stand up for it. And that's kind of where I got that from. It's hmm. like, hey, this is who we are. And you yeah. guys don't like it. We're leaving. Cool. Yeah. Is that, do you think, I mean, is that why you moved to Seattle? Was it though? Oh, like, yeah. That, it was music? It definitely that like frustration. I was just kind of over it, like constantly trying to explain myself and prove myself in all these venues. So I'm like, hey, Seattle feels good. Sure. Let's go see what's happening there. And it's been like, it's been good. Mm, yeah. That's so great. And I feel like that's the, 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 like, at some point, as good as it can be to say, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing a great thing. I don't care if you don't like this. I'm going to keep playing it. At the, some point, you got to say, I've got a good thing. And if I'm putting, like, that before a bunch of people who don't like it, like, that, I got to, I got to change my venue. I've got to mm-hmm. change who I'm presenting myself to. And I think that that's uh, a great maturity to have both of those abilities to a say i know what i'm doing like who cares i'm gonna keep playing here and then also to hit a point where you can say i'm gonna play somewhere that appreciates me yeah and not change this and like know myself and own that and to like hold those in both hands and know that as integrity still boom that's the the reason i came out here i love that yeah i was scoping it out like for maybe three years i was coming up here and just checking out shows Hmm. i would Come up for a week and check out all these venues and feel them out. It's like, shit, this feels good. Yeah. I feel like I could come up here and be free. Yeah. And that's what's happened. You look so, free. Yeah. <laughs> you seem free. It's been good. Yeah. yeah that's so And good. it's really like within this last year, I feel like it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. It takes a while. I feel like um, a buddy of mine just moved out to Seattle and I and he got a new job, got a new apartment, got all these different things, and we were, like, grabbing lunch the other day, and he was telling me, like, the hardest part of it, like, he loves all these things, but the hardest part of it is he's with his new friends, or he's with his friends that he's been excited to move out to for a long time. He's been excited to get this new job, excited to get this apartment, but he had expectations about what all of those would be, mm. and all of those things are good, but none of them are what his expect what his expectations were, and so, like, he's like, it's hard letting that die, letting the, I think it's going to be like this. And it's a different thing. It could still even be a good thing, but it's not like, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. There's yeah. like this element of like fantasy when you hear yeah. for the first, for the first year, it was all like, Ooh, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm in Seattle. Right. But now I feel like this is just my home and this is where I. Sure. And as much as I'm sure it was great to like live with those folks in Gig Harbor, I'm sure it's also hard, like getting on the ride back to Gig Harbor Oh, and yeah. being like, I'm not in Seattle it, for, again, mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm not playing a show, again. Yep. And it brings back all of those days of, like, driving the I-5, like, in disappointment because I wasn't turned down from jobs or right. whatever. So, Ugh. yeah, it definitely, being on that road, it's like, oh, man, this is what it was. I did this for almost a year. Mm, <laughs> how yeah. did I survive that? Looking back on it, like, I don't know how I did. Totally. Um, I think, like... And it's but like, I think it was maybe that fantasy maybe kept me going. Right. Yeah. It's that, I, I think it's it's got to be some kind of like ignorance, you know, <laughs> yeah. like some like belief, like that despite the fact that the world keeps on telling you this isn't going to happen, you're like, I bet it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I bet we're headed there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably what kept me going. Yeah. I feel like you're a pretty optimistic guy. Do you feel like that's true? I try to be. You yeah. try to be? Yeah. Do you feel like it's hard sometimes? <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah, it can be, yeah, <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like be like, hey, I'm not a super optimistic dude over here. So like, <laughs> if you were like, no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty frustrated a lot of the time. Like, that's okay. <laughs> like, you're talking to somebody who's pretty frustrated a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just try to survive each day. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you're able to be pretty present? I'm asking you these really ridiculous questions. It feels like an interview. It's supposed to be just a conversation. Where's that other beer? Give me another. Here you go. You can get it. It's in the fridge if you want another one. Wait, beer break. That's okay. I'll just keep talking. I like the sound of my voice. These people do too. These people in the future. Okay. Can you still hear me out there? They can still hear you. You want another one? No, I'm good. Thank you so much. Has anybody else done this? Walked up and got away. No, you're the first. You're doing new things. Okay. Um, I actually, I had one of the guests on the show. Um, his name, uh, Naya. Do you, do you know Naya? He played the Connor Burn a bunch. He's another musician. Naya. Yeah. He's he's a good guy. Maybe if I've seen him, yeah. Yeah, he's on. The, he's also got an episode on the podcast. But he's a uh, he's doing similar to what you're doing. He's doing like 
the restaurant bar life and then playing the music as well and doing stuff like that. But um, really good musician. But he was talking about, um, I think it was him, uh, was talking about uh, wanting there to be more like, just like loving like the pauses and the breaks in between it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I feel like that's definitely like been a big part of this podcast for me is um, just being comfortable mm-hmm. and not being like afraid and like using this as a perfect personal teaching moment. I was out at a, at a show the other night mm-hmm. and um, just got there and instantly anxiety just all over my body. It was, uh, it was Gabe uh, Munch, who's uh, another musician that recently did the podcast, but he's on this band called Crystal and Quiet. Or, yeah, they're cool. Mm-hmm. They're cool. Okay. Yep. Um, and just got to the show, felt super nervous, felt lots of anxiety, and then um, sat down next to somebody I knew. Yeah, pop it. <laughs> wait, Here wait, it comes. <laughs> there it is. That's all good. There Ooh, you go. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah, really sound. sounded. <laughs> um, but, uh, but just, like, sat down. Somebody instantly asked me about the podcast and I was like, oh right, I'm supposed to, I'm trying to be like this in day-to-day life. I'm trying to just be present, not scanning the room, seeing who I'm supposed to be talking to. Mm-hmm. And uh, just began talking with a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a long time. People kept on coming up and I was like, that's okay. I'm just focused on this one person. I'm not looking around the room. I'm not worried about the time. I'm just here. Yeah. And it's and it's been so, so good to like train myself back into being present to, to not be afraid of those awkward moments for the quiet, but to just be like, even in that quiet moment, I'm still going to just be right here with this one person. Yeah. Yeah. My thinking was with these, it's like, hey, somebody's inviting me over to their place and that's just Hawaii protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Hospitality. You You got to bring a gift. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's just the two boys hanging out with some beers. That's great. (laughs) That's great. Well, yeah, I think like this podcast is a funny thing and to talk about it like this, I feel like I always feel a little self-conscious of it because it's like talking about the art in the art but Mm -hmm. this feels like a part of it um is like I'll purposefully swear on this podcast before um like I'll try to beat the the person who's my guest to the punch of doing it and I'll try to like uh (laughs) do other little kind of maybe uncomfortable things Mm -hmm. or just ramble a little bit at the beginning just because I want to say like hey it's okay to do this. Like, you walk into my house, I'm wearing my shoes. You see I'm wearing my shoes, you you leave them on if you want to. I mean, you're wearing flip-flops because you're, like, <laughs> in the middle of the storm and you're still hella Hawaii. The worst storm in <laughs> Seattle history. Yeah. yeah. I got the local slippers Dude, on. That's so good. <laughs> We're barefoot. We're now. barefoot now because I followed your trends. But, you know, it's, it's setting that, that tone. And similar to what you're doing with your music when you're just having fun and you're laughing when something goes different than you expect and you're just saying hey everybody who's here in this space don't take it so seriously just mm-hmm. laugh at yourself a little bit it's okay and yeah. I, I feel like being bringing a beer playing that music swearing like first and saying <laughs> it's okay to do this like these are things that you're allowed to do is just giving one another grace yeah. you know and I see that in what you're doing it's definitely like a grace giving thing I love it yeah no, and uh, that's that's one thing I never lost sight of, too, playing, was, like, the element of fun. That's the whole reason that mm. anybody has ever picked up an instrument in the mm. first place, was that it, it was fun. Right. So. It's, why you, it's why you whistle, you know? It feels good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in a place where I'm relearning to have fun. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the band I'm in is teaching me to do that and to not be so serious. And it's good. That's Man, good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And these conversations... This is good. This teaches me it. to have fun. This is fucking fun. Yeah. I don't care if anybody listens to this. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, maybe someone made it to an hour in. <laughs> Has it been an hour? Dude, this is an hour. So what? Are we supposed to be done already? Yeah, we're done about now. <laughs> I don't know. It's an about. Well, turn it off. Let's keep drinking. All right. Go cool, man. <laughs> Cheers. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just peas out. <laughs> Shit, that went by quick. Dude, this good. Oh, man. I'm no, no, no. <laughs> do you do you feel good? Uh, we can keep going if you yeah. want. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like there's stuff you want to talk about about the music about things like again expectations? You had things that you thought you were gonna come and talk about on the show. Did yeah. you have stuff that you're like, man, I really wanted to talk about this? Adam, I just I I keep going back to that valley. It's like the most important place to me. Mm. It gave me everything. Yeah. There's something special up there and. Yeah, I just tried to tap into it, and this kind of part of that's been another part of coming up here too is sharing that 
mm. that feeling yeah. with people. I Oh, yeah. This is what I remember. I remember I had this question earlier. Uh, with that, like, you, it's clear that you know what you want to give to people. It's clear that you know, what to, you know what you want to give to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to receive from people, at the, like, in your music or in your life right now? Like, what is, what is the hope that, like, all right, I'm putting all this out into the world. I'm putting this all into myself. Mm-hmm. What are you hoping to get back? Oh, man. You know, maybe we should have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I don't know. I've had people come up to me in tears and saying that, you know, that I touched them in a way. And, yeah, there's certain lines that people like. and hmm. So as long as I can give them some kind of joy that I'm feeling, hmm. that's it. Cool. Yeah. So it's the... I'm going to, I'm going to interpret that a little Mm -hmm. bit. It's the, do you feel like it's the, the knowledge that what you had was impactful? Yeah. That that's what you want to get back is, is that knowledge that, that, okay, I've done this, I've created this and I see the value, um, mirrored back to me in the Mm -hmm. reactions of others or in the faces of others. Yes. Yeah. That's it right there. Where it's like whatever I'm feeling rubs off on someone else. Yeah. And I feel like that makes sense if you're writing in places where people come up and they they appear, and then you can say like, "Oh, okay, they slowed down, mm-hmm. their their pace slowed down a little bit, and I'm able to see that mirroring back, and that's a little bit of a gratification. I'm gonna keep on writing now that they're gone, but like, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. I would I would sit up on this hill. It was like there's an old um, it was an old like missionary house up in the middle of this valley. And, mm. I'd sit up on this on the top of this grass hill and people would come by and I've had days where people would lay down next to me and like fall asleep from what I was doing on the guitar or mm. whatever. And yeah. yeah. Just kind of sharing it. That's mm. it. Yeah. That's so good. Oh man. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. I like this. I feel good. <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. Cheers, man. You got it. Cool. <laughs>